You're listening to the Hoffy Coffee Cast with Reese Bolton and Reese Jones. Guys, I'm bringing the party to you. I am prepared. Dance off, bro. Me and you. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? This never gets old. Wake up, Daddy Song. Hello. I can um, hear you, Clem Fandango. Okay, Van Dango. <laughs> uh, Toast of London reference for this. Toast of London. Oh, God, I haven't seen Toast of London in like years. I, I, I've, I've been watching What We Do in the Shadows. So I've got like, you know, Matt Berry's voice oh, in my God. head. Yeah, yeah he's, yeah. A, he's a phenomenal actor. Yeah, yeah he is. He is. Um, yeah, so uh, hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Hardcore Cast. We talk everything film, TV, video games, and conspiracy theories. Of course, I'm your host, Reese Bolton. And I'm Reese Jones. And today we are delving into, uh, well, the effing timelines, jet skis, and uh, many, many Kangs. It is the season two um, of Loki, uh, probably the last series season of the show. Um, and uh, I mean, we, we really enjoy talking about it, and we can't wait to talk oh, about God it on the podcast. Yeah. And we also got some news to talk about as well. So you could uh, find. Find the podcast on Instagram at Instagram.com slash HobbyCoveCast, Facebook at the HobbyCoveCast, Twitter at the HobbyCoveCast, and you can email us at HobbyCoveCast at gmail.com. Uh, please like, share, follow, and a review if you enjoy this episode. Um, I think the biggest piece we talk about um, as start off is the um, the conclusion of the SAG after strike. Yes. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, we won. The actors won. Uh, round of applause for all the actors. Um, we came to a deal with the the studios and the heads of Hollywood, and I think it's enough that will pretty much suffice ninety ninety nine percent of the of you know the people involved and the actors involved. Obviously, when it comes to strikes and obviously finalising stuff and getting like you know coming to a conclusion and winning, obviously it's going to be some that's not going to be want uh, won't have more. Uh, it was always the case. But I think what we got is actually really, really good. So um, I, I, um, I read out what it says. So this was like um, a press release. The the union um, basically announced. Uh, so basically, they said in a contract uh, valued at over one billion dollars, we have achieved a deal of extraordinary scope that includes above pattern minimum compensation increases unprecedented provisions for cons- consent and compensation that will protect members from the threat of AI and for the first time establishes a streaming p- participation bonus. Our pension and health caps have been subsistently raised, which will bring much needed value to our plans. In addition, the deal includes numerous improvements for multiple categories, including outsized compensation increases for background performers, and critical contract provisions protecting diverse communities. Mm. We have arrived at a contract that will enable SAC AFRA members from every category to build sustainable careers. Many thousands of formers now and into the future will benefit from this work. So, I mean, it's difficult because obviously this one for a couple of months, a lot of people um, obviously were struggling. Um, obviously, the cost of living crisis is going on right now. Some people um, had to find other jobs in the meantime. Things were delayed and things were scrapped and a lot of things pushed back, um, filming halted. But 
I think at the end of it, I think this is basically the outcome is absolutely like extraordinary. And I think they hit their mark and just how the hard work which people have done to basically fight for thousands and thousands of actors in, across America, um, uh, new and old, um, upcoming, and come up with deal with basically, you know, for example, like, so if if studios want to, you know, background somebody and, you know, uh, take their face and background it on the stuff, they need to have a consent of that individual. Um, also, stream participation bonus, and this was a big thing as well because, um, for example, like, uh, Suits was a really big show the last couple of months on street on streaming on Netflix. It was one of the it was at the time the most watched streaming show, you know, at the time. But obviously, none of the actors got any um, you know residuals. money from that residuals from it. But now they can get residuals. So if you watch a show from say uh, I'm talking now on Netflix, uh, they released like Banner Brothers, right? The 2001. Um, War series, Banner Brothers. The actors who have uh, work on that are getting residuals now because of people watching that, and I think that's really, really good. Um, pensions as well, really, really important, um, and also job security as well is very, very important as well. Um, and also, you know, the idea of AI as well, not having, you know, the same thing with the writer strike as well, with threat of AI replacing people, replacing like creators. Um, and, and and talent. Um, it was a really big, big thing, to, you know, a lot of people worried about. But I think they've come to a deal where basically it looks like uh, AI is lost of this one. Um, and and I think it's just incredible. I think, um, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely incredible. I'm assuming what else they mentioned. Um, yeah, so a lot of the stuff to do with... Um, Improvements, uh, obviously, compensation, increase of back, background performers, and uh, protection of diverse communities as well. Very, very, very important. I think this is definitely what Hollywood needed for a very, very long time. And I am looking forward to the future where, like, I feel like with this, people can really come back and kind of like come back to the movies and the cinema and stuff like that, knowing that, like, studios aren't basically just like wiping the floor of these actors and all these creators and stuff and walking over them. I think because in the day, like, like these actors and creators are like, they're still people. I know obviously celebrities under them and you do have like some big, big celebrities like Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks and stuff, but also like there's also actors that like up and coming as well. They're new to the thing as well. They're not even celebrities yet. So this, you know, I they're still human, they're still people, and you know the 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 TV and film industry is one of the biggest industries, like you know, on on the planet. And this this is giving this obviously allowing this having taken the right up direction is basically protecting these actors and allowing them to do what they want. And I, you know, if you've got happy actors, happy creators, I mean, you're going to get happy, uh, you know. The material you're gonna have, yeah. you know, really good, well done films, TV shows, whatever, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and I'm I'm really glad this has happened. I'm really glad that they came to an agreement and the the unions won and the actors won. Yeah, 
it is definitely a step in the right direction. Like with yeah. the, the the looming threat of AI, because mm. AI is only is only going to get more sophisticated and more. Yeah. Um, yeah. I won't say dangerous. I think that's the wrong word. It's, it's um, it has the potential to be very um, problematic. You know, in, yeah. in the future, you know, not you know. Um, the Terminator stamping upon the the skulls of, of humanity sort of dangerous. But, um, you know, definitely, yeah, as you mentioned before, like job security, you know, it, degrading because of the threat of AI. And um, it, it's uh, it's definitely something which I, I'm, I did breathe a sigh of relief when I saw um, you, you um, posted the sort of like statements from the saga yeah. after it. Um, yeah on our story and i was like oh that, that's such a sigh of relief yeah no i, I was i was because it, it was it was like always looming but all the, the yes. deals gonna be reached yeah. or something or come my drop and stuff uh i knew a couple of like you know meetings have happened and then uh one time the union said no and the other time the studio said no so those deals obviously um ended and then um those conversations ended and then as he came back and stuff so i'm really 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 happy this has happened um, I do still think there are some still issues happening in Hollywood. I think um, uh, milking franchises is definitely a big one, and I yeah. think they they kind of need to be some new, fresh kind of management in some of these top studios like Warner Brothers and Disney. You know, but get Bob mm. Iger out. I mean, you know, he was big for his time, but now I think he's you know some decisions that he's made and his attitude, you know, towards you know, the people striking has been absolutely just like appalling. It's oh, like... It's disgusting. Yeah. It's, disgu- it's disgusting. It's a very narcissistic kind of behaviour. Um, and um, quite sociopathic as well. I'm going to say I'm here. I definitely say like out of touch. Out of touch, yeah. yeah. But I, I, it's, it's such pissed me off. And I feel like we need... this. There needs to be changes as well. Like yeah. we need to get these kind of heads of companies and very high up producers who, you know, who just, who basically just lost their touch, who are basically just looking at, you know, films as a way of kind of like, oh, let's just kind of like, you know, keep spinning the wheel. Let's just like try. <laughs> End of the day, yeah. films, okay, it make, they make money, but I don't think for filming, for films and TV shows, money should be the main thing. Yeah, I think creativity is more important than money. Yes. Uh, like, that's one of the reasons why I went into TV because I, I, you know, the money's, I like the money. Obviously, everyone likes money, but I like it for the creativity and, you know, exactly, working yeah. with very interesting people and, yeah. et cetera, It et shouldn't come to the detriment mm. of creativity, no. isn't it? And no. Because at the end of the day, you know, these people, yeah, you know, like it is a very lucrative industry, but at the end of the day, yeah. they are storytellers and they, and they have yeah. to produce stories. Otherwise, you know, what what is... What is the purpose of them being paid so well exactly. that they cannot produce something extraordinary? And I, and I, and I do think it's fair to you know yeah. to expect good results from these people. Exactly, and uh, I mean the comments about uh, kind of I probably I'll touch bare word and social path, but the only because I said that was because Bob Iger. Well, somebody that looks sounds like he's probably worth Bob, Bob Iger said it. It was like. Yeah. He was basically wait, 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 waiting for like the strikers to basically, you know, like run out of money and freeze. Yeah, and run he out did of say, he did stuff. say that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is just a horrible thing to say. Uh, I don't think there's any justification for that. I don't think there's, you know, any anybody will support that kind of, you know, that remark yeah. and point he said. So, um, but I mean, 
I mean, I think this is one of another things we'll be talking about as we go into obviously the main topic of today's episode. So, uh, you know, the idea of like in the MCU and the way MCU is going as well, that is obviously a big, big part of what's the higher ups in Disney are doing, etc. Um, but I mean, to wrap up this kind of bit, okay, we could yeah. spend all day talking about Sagafra, and I think it'd be something nice to talk about at the end of the year in our last episode. Mm, yeah. uh, just talk about the, the right strike and actor strikes, you know, together. Um, but I mean, as, as I said, I'm really, really pleased with this, and yes. it's a foot in the right direction towards, uh, you know, Hollywood going to a new, better direction. Yes. Um, uh, great, it's great. Um, another piece of news to talk about today. Uh, we um, another exciting piece of news. We um, we have our first trailer for the live action uh, Avatar: Last Airbender series, but uh, uh, coming from Netflix. Um, I just want to say, you know, for the first trailer, this is actually going to come out in February twenty second, which I thought, oh my god, like I thought yeah, they should be working on it. It's like, pretty yeah. quick. Um, I really need to rewatch Avatar or just the first series of Avatar because I think that's yeah, what they're basing it on. Um, it'll be the Book of Water, I think. Book it is. of Water, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I love this franchise. I just love the lore behind it, the world. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. It's absolutely, it's beautifully creative. Yeah. Well, people um, always like cite. Um, uh, obviously, spoilers for anyone that hasn't seen it before, but they always always quote in the Zuko's redemption arc as yeah. the the best redemption arc in fiction. Yeah, you go yeah. you go in. Obviously, you see that he's a very conflicted individual, but he is um, the main antagonist or secondary antagonist of um, the first season because Zhao is the main antagonist, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, then, yeah. He... Yeah, you have like Zuko who's just determined to fulfill his mission you know to reclaim all his honor and then just obviously throughout the the next sort of couple of seasons he becomes the you know definitely my favorite character he, he it's, it's a phenomenal bit of storytelling let's hope they um they produce something equally as fantastic in this live action version I mean, from what I've seen, what I've seen in the trailer, it looks like they've really. This feels like they've really taken the anime, the animation, and put it onto live action. It really feels yeah. like it's it does a seem very one to one adaptation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, the looks of Ang Zuko, you know, everybody, yeah. uh, the, um, the, the Kyoshi you know. Warriors looked really good as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you know, like the, the ones C- in like the face paint and that. Yeah, even the CGI of of like the, the you know the animals as well. Yeah, Arpa um, and um, uh, Momo. Yeah, they look even fantastic. the use of even the use of the you know the kind of like you know the air bending, the water bending, the, you know yeah. the earth bending, the fire bending just looks absolutely incredible. And it's like it's quite funny, like looking at how like Edmar Shamanar's one, just how like um, how they really messed up. And I remember we talked about it, and I remember. I remember in the Star Trek critic, his review of it always comes back to the Star Trek critic's review of uh, Last Airbender, the Enla Shamanar, who basically, you know, he, sh- he basically cuts to like, okay, so these Earthbenders in the uh, animated series can literally, like, one, you know, a bunch of them can literally just like flip a tank, yeah? Yeah. And then cut to the film, and it's literally a bunch of Earthbenders all come together and to throw one rock at a soldier. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's so stupid. And also, I love how um, 
obviously the, in, spoilers in the first uh, series they put uh, a lot of the earthbenders the fire nation do in like this kind of steel kind of prison ship because there's no yeah, earth around them so they can't use their powers but then in the film they the, the prison ship isn't there and instead the prison is like his camp surrounded by <laughs> surrounded by like trees and the like, rocks and like earth and you're like this is literally just like yeah, it's so this dumb, is isn't it? some. This is from somebody who just did not understand what the shows, what the shows about, what the. I think and... um, he, he did a, a maverick like attempt at doing yeah. it, but then I think obviously he was the, the wrong person to do it from the outset. Yeah. But also, how it's also like you can't make a film from a TV show. Like, oof, no, you can't. You can make a TV show from a film. Yeah. Um, could you expand it more? But I mean. Yeah, uh, going back to the, the, this live action adaptation, I can't wait for it. it. It just looks beautifully well shot. The cinematography just looks amazing, um, and I just can't wait to come come back to his world. And I'm also the way Ang looks as well just looks like spot on. Um, yeah, fair play. and also and also they really you know got the the, the diversity right, the culture right as well. Yeah, you yeah. know, and another criticism of the. Um, of the film was it was a lot of like whitewashing as well. Um, yeah. So well, um, M. Night Shyamalan, like the Fire Nation, were uh, people from the Indian subcontinent. Yeah, and, yeah. And in a show that you know focused on more Asian, like pan Asian, and um, obviously like the the water tribes are meant to be more like um, Inuit, sort of like Arctic, yeah. like uh, peoples. Yeah. Um, they definitely have that right. I think. Um, I mean. You know, I, I'm you know gonna remain like cautiously optimistic because Netflix, you know, is um has a habit of uh, uh like baiting us, sort of like the, yeah. the sort of bait, bait um yeah bait and switch. But uh, we shall see. If it's great, I like it. Yeah. Okay. Um, another piece of Netflix news: we got another announcement. Um, so the uh the Witcher we've got a new Witcher animated film, or well, anime film, uh. The, the Witcher Sirens of the Deep coming out. Uh, Dark Hockle is um, voicing Geralt of Rivia, coming back to voicing Geralt from the games. Hell yeah. Um, Joey Beatty's come back come from the show, the live action show, to um, voice uh, Yaskir. And uh, Anya Shaltra is coming back to voice Yennefer. Uh, this is like based on a short story called... Um, and I literally just forgot about it. Uh, um, a little sacrifice. A little sacrifice. Well done. Yeah. I literally told you off, off before yeah. we started what it was. Now I forgot <laughs> about it. Um, so I mean, I haven't read the short story, but I I I heard it's like it's one of the best, the one of the most f- favorite um, stories yeah. from the fan base. And I mean, it's, I it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I I think this I, I like this because. They explore more of like the witch, the witchers. Well, um, I, you know, I we did review uh, Nightmare of the Wolf, which I think was a really, really good, um, yeah, uh, animated show, uh, animated uh, film. But it felt like it was kind of like setting up the events for season two a little yeah, bit as well. But I can't just want this, this the Sirens of Deep uh, film just be its own separate thing, just like you know. Have a story yeah. about Geralt. Have you know the voice? The voice has to come back to voice him, and I, I, I think there's something the fans would like. Cause, I mean, 
we could talk again about you know for ages about this, but obviously the way Netflix has handled The Witcher, um, the franchise recently has not been the best. Um, so it's been I atrocious. think, yeah. and I mean maybe this might be the direction they should go into instead of continuing the live action series, but you know. Never know, but I mean, this was a surprise because I did not expect this to be to come yeah. out as well. Um, but yeah, they, people, they haven't yeah. advertised it very well. You, no, you I, no, I you think, mentioned it this morning off off um, off recording, and I was like, "What? There's a new one." <laughs> yeah, I think they just released a trailer, but there was no no talks about a, a second animated film. Um, but it, obviously, they, they only they only announced it. Oh, by the way, a new anime film's coming along. Yeah, in Simon's of the Deep. Um, so, I mean, that's something to look forward to as well. That's coming out next year. So, you know, we're cooking for 2024. Nice. Um, but yeah, no, um, that's all I have to say, really. I do need to yeah. get back into reading Witcher books. It's on my kind of, well, I'm on, it's on my queue list at the yeah. moment. <laughs> it's on your own um, TBR, your to be t- read. Yeah. To be read. Yeah, I've uh, really getting into back into historical thrillers, so... Nice. Uh, I need to kind of jump back in the fa- fancy at some point again. Um, but yeah, um, I think that's all I knew. Some quick kind of news to talk about. Yeah, um, that's good. Let's go talk about the uh, the main act yeah. of the episode, uh, Loki season two. Um, so obviously this is a um, you know, continuation of the events left by uh, in Loki season one. Uh, came out in 2021, and a lot of people say it is the best Marvel uh, Disney Plus show. Um, a lot of people said that, so there was a lot, a lot of anticipation for um, you know for this to come out. The last we saw of Loki, well, him and Sylvie finally met uh, the creator of the TVA, He Who Remains, which is a variant of Kang the Conqueror. Uh, Sylvie kills He Who Remains. Um, and basically, it creates this kind of like, you know, decivilization within the timelines. And then Loki returns to TVA, but nobody recognizes him. Hmm. So, yeah. and then we always see are we statues of Kang. Uh, so that's where we left off. It's big kind of like, you know, open-ended kind of like, you know, where we go from here. Um, and the second series kind of continues straight on to that. And I feel like, Series one kind of built up, obviously, a lot of you know what the TVA was and stuff like that, and the, and the characters. But now, obviously, series two, full on goes straight in, and it felt like there wasn't like any quiet moments in it as well. We didn't have any filler episodes; like each yeah. episode was like so important to like the overall over the overarching kind of plot yes. of the this season. Um, we had some more of the development in, uh, you know, Loki. And obviously Mobius uh, and and uh, the rest of the cows as well. Obviously we got Kei Kwan, uh, you know, voice a new character, um, uh, Ob. Uh, I try and pronounce this now. Uh, yeah. O Oboos, and yeah. <laughs> I think he's the best before. I think he's the best character, the best performance in this season. Um, I think he's absolutely terrific. Uh, more Kei Kwan, like everything, please. Because yes. you could tell this guy just loves doing what he's doing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this guy has like any bad bones to his body either. I always, <laughs> always, I always see him like you know on interviews and stuff, and you know, and he just seems like a really not lovely guy. 
So you, Did know, you see the video of him meeting um, President Biden. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh my God, Mr. President! And then Biden's like, "Who the hell is this guy?" <laughs> I love, I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him. I'm so black he's come back in this. this uh, because, like, you know, he's, um, what's his face? In he's um, is a gadget in um, the Goonies, and then he played like you know, short round in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Obviously, yeah. uh, he was in um, Everything and Everywhere all at once, and, and yeah. I was in Loki, and, and he yeah. he does play the very um, tech savvy like character, you know, that's sort of like the techie guy, but he does yeah. it so well, doesn't he? He's like yeah, he is like the buddy, isn't he? He's, he's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Oh yes, as as you said, more Keiku Kwan, please. So, um, obviously, the main plot arc of this season is that because of the events of the end of season one, the kind of timeline become unstable because there's no he who remains who basically can like you know um, can control a timeline. So the idea of this threat of multi- the multiversal war happening again is obviously a big thing. And really, it's really much about the plot. I mean, it's not com- it's not complicated. It's very much kind of simple in a good way. It's like okay, we just stop you know the the timelines from basically like destroying everything. And that's it. Oh, you know what can we do? Oh, we, we, uh, and the idea is it becomes like a little race as well to basically you know find like some of the main characters like uh, Ravonna Renslayer, Miss Minutes. Um, and uh, and also obviously coming across Victor Timely, and of, you know there are parts where you know uh, the plot goes in the direction where you know things don't go out as planned, and it leads to like this very satisfied, satisfying conclusion, a perfect ending to Loki's character um, from the events of we from two the yeah. character of that going from this to this, definitely a better character development than obviously what we got. You know the other Loki in the well, you know I don't want to just call this Loki. Would you? I'm going to call it the 2012 Loki because obviously you know this is Loki Avengers Loki. I call him Avengers Loki. Yeah, yeah. So that, that is like literally the point where he diverts. Yeah. He, um, he, he, ver- he, he separates from the other one. Yeah. The, the really, the really nicey, nicey bro- brotherly one. You know that dies by. Yes, um, his neck broken by Thanos. He dies, isn't it? Like, yeah, that was the original one. But then, I don't know. It, it's I, I used to hate, like, especially watching season one, thinking, oh, but this isn't like our Loki. This is just another Loki. And it was like that really insufferable one with the greasy hair from the event, first Avengers. But then, he does have much better characterization. I think it's 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 really nice because in the day. Um, and I was thinking about this last night. Um, I really like kind of shower for my head. Yeah. But in the day, I think what Loki, the, no, the 2011 Loki, well, the Loki from four, um, the reason why he does, you know, this, all this stuff as well is to please his father. Yeah. yeah. Because obviously he's not, you know, a true son of, of Odin and Frigga. He's not really a true brother of, uh, you know, four. He's an, he's an adopted. Yeah. So yeah. he's always been behind uh, for shadow, and he's always wanted to kind of please his father and show his father like I can be like great, I can please you, I could be the man you know, you know you you want me to be. And obviously, when Thor gets cast out, Loki takes that position, of being like, "Look, I can be a leader." And obviously, in a way, Odin's only seen Loki as kind of like, well, you, in a way, like you're not really no son of mine, like you're mm. just 
you can never you can never get kind of my satisfaction or my respect and stuff and my happiness towards you. So I think the whole time is you know look the reason why Loki you know banishes um well, ends up taking over the phone of Asgard and then um in the you know the first film and then obviously you know launching the the, the invasion of Earth with Shatari, it's really just him being like, look, I want everyone to deep down it's like I want people to prove show that I am, you know, legit, I am like, yeah. you know, well, strong. It, it, it was daddy issues, wasn't it? Yeah. Daddy issues in the, the day, yeah. Like yeah, like as you said, like the the writing in the first Thor was very, very good because it was almost like Shakespearean, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like yeah, like a, a sort of um I wouldn't say like um Hamlet, but it was definitely like um oh, I forget his name. I think it's William from um, the King Lear play of like this yeah. bastard, the bastard son of the, of um, this like Lord who just, all he does is wants to aspire to be like his father. So yeah. in doing so, he wants to overthrow him to show that he can, you know, essentially be greater than him. Yeah. 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 Definitely. And, and it's kind of like, ugh. and then Thor, sorry, in the first Avengers, for like the third act, he's just basically like flying around doing nothing. And it's so like the characterization wasn't really there. I think in, in like that uh, that film, I always felt like with Thor, his relationship with with Loki from Thor, it's like I think kind of like Thor is like Thor obviously loves his his brother, but yeah. I don't think he understands Loki. I don't think he he's never been in Loki's shoes, and I think that's always kind of like they can never really fully kind of like understand each other and work together. Hmm. But I think with with this Loki and, you know, him being friends with, you know, like uh, Sylvie, Casey, Hunter B-15, uh, you know, um, uh, OB and uh, Mobius, we understand, he understands basically like, okay, these people understand me. I've, I've got my family now. Because yeah. apart from it, the only person we, who understood and loved him was Frigga. And then after when Frigga died, like, obviously, he, he was broken from that because he felt like he's all alone. And as I said, like, Thor and Odin, they really understood him. But I think from this, like, this TVA, the people in TVA, is like his family. He's found his people. He's found the people yeah. that understand him. Because if you look at the TVA, always kind of like, you know, people work there. They're kind of like outsiders as well. They're oh, kind yeah. of like their own separate individuals. It all been plucked from different moments in the secret timeline and put into these, you know, these positions. So they're all kind of outsiders. They're like him. And it's all about these people working together, basically. It's kind of like a group of unknowns, people who, you know, don't really fit anywhere to come together to basically, you know, like solve and stop its very, you know, universal ending, time ending kind of like, you know, obstacle. And at the end of it, at the end of the of the the season, Loki basically decides, okay, I need to take the reign of he who remains in order to, you know, I need to be the one to basically sacrifice myself to always control the timelines, because I, in a day it's like he remains gets killed, but there's no one there to replace it. Yeah, and if not, and in the end of series one, you know, he remains basically is like you have to take my position, and the timelines are steady. Or you kill me and you risk like the multiversal war, a new multiversal war. So Loki decides, you know what? I'm going to sacrifice everything. I'm going to make the ultimate sacrifice. I am going to take control of the timelines, uh, in, you know, fix them, end this kind of colossal kind of like apocalypse, and uh, you know, pretty much 
it, it's like the hero's sacrifice, really. The sacrifice that, like, and they also like the only people who who know his sacrifice are obviously the people he's friends with. But the whole other timelines, and all these millions and billions of people living those timelines, they're never going to know who saved them. Exactly. So yeah. he makes that sacrifice, but he finds his purpose, his 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 glorious purpose, and he's made. You know, when we see him in the, the first episode, he's like, you know, come back from the obviously the uh, invasion of Earth in the first Avengers film. He basically doesn't care about anybody. He's like a narcissist and stuff like that. He yeah. doesn't care. And then to our point then where he, you know, he makes that ultimate sacrifice. Like, I love how the show starts with the first episode called The Glorious Purpose and then ending with the last episode called Glorious Purpose. That's just basically the circle's complete. Exactly, yeah. It's, 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 the, alpha, you know, like, it's, al- it's or, the Alpha Omega, isn't it, at the beginning of the yeah, end? Yeah, well, you know, like Ob, Ouroboros, or, or, yeah. or, or, or Ouroboros. Like, yeah. th- that is literally a snake eating its own tail. So it shows yeah. like, it's this, like, infinite loop, isn't it? That, like... Yeah. It, this is what I, I admire about, like, Loki, because it wasn't afraid to, like, frazzle your brain. The no. sort of, like, especially in the second season as well, the, the, the storytelling was frenetic. And it... Yeah. it, it um, it didn't sort of like dumb down. Like it, it did have a lot of techno babble, you know, and, and maybe on the sort of like more casual watcher, it would have been lost to them. But then again, I think like, you know, like Loki at the beginning, he was like the audience surrogate, wasn't he? He was like this man or a time that's just been caught by this or like Nazi-esque um, institution that runs every single timeline. It's, it is mind-boggling, and mixed in is a heady, like a, a nice little cocktail of um, Terry Gilliam sort of like style of like aesthetic and like storytelling. So you know the whole sort of like look of like Brazil, the very famous sort of like this future that's run by like um, bureaucracy, and then like um, do you ever see um, the the Time Bandits? Yeah, yeah. You know how like how they can just sort of like time hop between like space and time. And then obviously there's a sort of like um, uh, people equating it to like Doctor Who. It is like it, it's it, it is per it, it encapsulates what this series about the God of Mischief is like. It, it is chaotic and it, and it it embraces the the insanity of time and space. And you know, people will go in. Oh my God, Tom Hiddleston could have been a great Doctor. And especially I think in the second season when he's given that really cool like little overcoat you know like the sort of like not a trench coat but it's like a a pea coat almost isn't it yeah you're like oh my god yeah he he could have been a great doctor who but um i mean you probably you'll probably never be doctor who now but uh i I was just thinking it's like this show is not afraid to like tell its audience that you know like this is the storytelling it is going to be quite confusing but just don't worry because time travel is confusing and you're going to be in the mind of like our characters who are just as confused as you are. So it didn't, it didn't talk down to the audience. It, it respected the audience's intelligence and it, it allowed itself to breathe and like to expand at its own pace. Yeah, definitely. And um, definitely. And obviously it's very techno babble as well. And yeah, you are looking at very, this is very hard sci-fi, you know, yeah. there are, very much moments where they say stuff like you don't really understand what it is. You have to kind of look it up on the internet afterwards. And <laughs> yeah. time, 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 the idea of time travel and timelines to be done so many times 
yeah, and this feels very fresh. It doesn't like copy anything. It's of its own very fresh thing, and it's a very very clever. Uh, it's a very very clever way of of like talking about like time travel and timelines and stuff. And after the TVA, the time variance authority, the idea of like this, you know, this organization that's main job is to basically control kind of like the timeline narrative, pick out anybody that does not uh, belong in that timeline. Because you go with other, basically, you go with other multiple t- different timelines, and then you've got the sacred timeline. And this yeah. is a timeline that's like, you know, nothing can basically, uh, there can't be an obstacle, nothing can, uh, you know, corrupt this timeline. So that's why they go through and make sure everything's kind of like, you know, on point and stuff. And that's one of the reasons, you know, why Loki ends up in TVA, because in the sacred timeline, he's not supposed to disappear with the Tesseract in, uh, you know, the Avengers, the idea was his journey, his narrative, supposed to end, you know, at the beginning of the events of um, Infinity War. So he gets put out of time, um, and basically that's why they bring him in. Uh, but the idea is like, it's also talked about kind of like the TVA, the destruction of the TVA happens because the TVA is kind of like quite corrupt. It's kind of like you know, very old fashioned and stuff. Oh yeah, and. And I feel like this is kind of the sense of like the TVA needs to basically reform in order to survive. Um, because in the day, like they they've been based around basically the idea of like the timekeepers and you know this leader who controls the timekeepers. And then obviously when the le- that leader gets destroyed, the timekeepers get destroyed. And then obviously Werner Rensler, who's literally like the head of the TVA, you know, disappears. The whole thing collapses. There's like no one in control it's every, all of them basically trying to find a way trying to get out of this mess whilst also they got a responsibility then of basically uh you know saving these other timelines and stuff and as you know as hunter x5 um as hunter b15 so i said um basically all those timelines are people so it may, at the start in when you first meet tva in season, season one it acts as if like you know oh these timelines not really that important to us. It's kind of like another day in the office. And then gradually they realize actually there are people there. So the destruction of those other timelines just wipes out billions and billions and billions of lives. And there's all you know, the idea, also we get General Docs played by Kate Dickey, and it's kind of like the more militant side of the TVA who basically idea is like, you know, oh, to fix this, let's just destroy the timelines. But that creates more problems than it, it does. Um so it's very like um it's very like you know looking at how like the tv is very corrupt and how that kind of leads to basically its uh ref- reformation at the end of uh of the of the show um and obviously the idea was like uh, Miss Minutes kind of goes AWOL as well. And the idea is basically with Rona Renslayer and Miss Minutes uh, try and find a way of basically like, okay, we need to kind of have this He Who Remains comes back. So what we're going to do, well, we're going to find like the original uh, He Who Remains. Now, this is where this entirely thing gets very confusing, yeah. Because I don't think Marvel have made it very clear about, you know, these variants of Kangs. You know, at the end of Series 1, we get the idea of, okay, there are these multiple Kangs, and he remains as basically the last one that basically 
created a TVA and these like sacred timelines to stop the multiverse war from happening again, to stop the release of all these Kangs across the multiverses. And then we get obviously he dies, and then we get a Kang appear in Ant Man Quantumania, which is supposed <laughs> to be the, the Kang the Conqueror. This is like the Kang the Conqueror. And then we get this new Kang. So Victor Timely, he's like is a 19th century like scientific genius uh, based at the, the World's Fair who creates basically this kind of new... Oh, I can't remember what it's, called, what it's called. Basically, like, you know, the kind of like... It's the, the loom, f- isn't it? The loom, yeah. The, the loom, which basically, beca- you know, and then you get the, the main loom, which is in the, you know, the TVA, which the one they're trying to basically, like, you know, uh, fix. And the idea is, like, uh, Ravona's plan was to basically give the time variant authority uh, handbook to Victor Timely so he can basically jumpstart it. Now, is was that always meant to happen? Or do you reckon that was... Do you reckon that was meant to happen? Was that the whole point of, like, Big Timely is, like, in his narrative... He was he he was it was he was supposed to get the um the the guidebook, the handbook well, to basically create it. That's that's the thing, isn't it? Because then I mean, obviously, like spoiler territory, but like right at the end then of the season, we we see that the young Victor Timely, and he thinks he hears something like fall like behind him, but then there's no guidebook. So they, oh, it's really weird, isn't it? Like this this sort of like time thing that. I, uh, I I don't really mind that like sometimes it doesn't make sense because with like this time travel stuff, they, they aren't afraid of being really coherent with this sort of like, yeah. oh, you know, oh, time travel has to, everything has to be like the same, you know, everything has to be, I don't know, sort of like the who will, you know, back to the future where like they always have a sort of like a photograph and wherever they like change, it has like a direct effect, like a butterfly effect in it yeah. because that doesn't, there's not one timeline, there's these branching timelines where, you know, it could it could just be that they show that that little Victor Timely that's doing his little experiments, that Victor Timely doesn't receive the guidebook. Whereas there was a Victor Timely, and he's, he's just a version of Kang that just happened to be born hundreds of years before the other, like, versions. So I don't think he's, like, the original, but he... he oh, it's really weird, isn't it? Because it... Oh, the more I think about it, the more confusing it gets. But like, because of all like this branching timeline stuff, it literally means that like the longer a timeline is allowed to grow, more branches grow off it because of, because of like different decisions about individuals, you know. And I think that the whole Ouroboros was able to, you know, write the guidebook because of Timely, but Timely was only able to do his research because of the guidebook by Ouroboros. It. Does make sense because I think in some realities, you know, Victor Timely was given the guidebook. Does it make sense? It's kind of like, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just thinking the sacred yeah. timeline. In the sacred timeline, does he meant? Is he meant to get the guidebook in the sacred um, timeline, or I think or he so doesn't. because the, because the whole Miss Minutes was propagating Ravona to give the guidebook and say, oh, it's meant to be, you know, this is like all, all part of the plan and all that because this is what he who remains, that was his plan. You yeah. Know? And he remains, his plan was to have a fail safe, wasn't it? Yeah. So in a way, this kind of fail safe for he remains is so like, 
he is trying to stop this multiversal, uh, you know, Kang war from happening. Uh, multiversal war from happening with the Kangs. Now, I saw this theory online where people were saying that uh, Victor Timely is becomes he who remains. It's the same variant. Um, basically, the idea is like Victor Timely gets the guidebook and he learns about the uh, you know the, the loom and uh, timelines, and then obviously in the way 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 future because I think where we roughly around about three thousand years or something or. Something like the the thirty um, first century, yeah. Obviously, this is, this is when this war happens. Yeah. So, unless you know, I've been quite interested in that. Victor Timely is he who remains. Um, yeah, yeah. He basically um, knows all about time because hmm. of he was the creator yeah. of TVA, and I I don't really think it matters though. Like it could no. be, but I just think that because in my head see like i still have the whole like kang being the descendant of reed richards yeah that's in my head and i don't think the mcu is going to do that um it's really weird see because like do you know like right at the end when like the um uh the camera pans over to um um mobius working at his desk and he sees you know the sort of like the his own sort of file about his you know his like original life and um, where he mentions, oh, um, they had some trouble. What was it like with the the He Who Remains variant on the um, the six one six adjacent room? Yeah, and like that was a nice little callback. Um, well, it all depends on who you ask whether it was a bit on the nose or not. I think it was a nice callback to the um, the main timeline in uh, Marvel Comics is six one six, and you know, obviously that was just a little reference to like. Oh, you know, oh, they they they're fighting Kang in their own universe. It's weird because that makes out that the quantum, the quantum <sighs> realm is in like it's in that universe. It's not like it's not like it's thing in between all these different universes. Yeah. So that kind of says that in a separate universe, there's the quantum realm there, and then another universe is quantum. Realm. For example, like. No, the universe where the Illuminati are in the Doctor oh, yeah. Strange. That um, they have eight, they have their own quantum eight, world, don't three they? Three something. Eight, yeah. Eight. And then obviously the, the universe where Tobey Maguire is Spider Man. That there's own quantum world. Yeah. I I the thing is, this is always this is one thing I've always just try and get my head over. And obviously Marvel keep adding stuff to kind of like you know. Um, the fire yeah yes <laughs> the idea is like kind of okay we got at, at one point i'm like okay i come out of this thinking okay i understand now you know the kang variants and what versus okay something else now been added to it as well now i think when we do get the kang dynasty and secret wars i think we'll be able to go back and look at this show and we can it can make sense then because right now we don't, we haven't really got like the definitive Kang, which is going to be the overarching villain of the Kang Dynasty. Yeah. All we see is different, different Kangs, variants of Kangs across all these different multiverses, the Council of Kangs. And we've only seen like three variants. So obviously we've seen Kang the Conqueror, um, which I'm just going to dub Kang the Conqueror. Um, and then is we've that, got is that Vic- the one that was in Ant Man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Victor Timely, and then we've got He Who Remains. So we only have three variants of Kang right now, yeah? Yes. So I think 
I, I can't look sit, I can't sit here and basically say I've got an answer to all this because I don't think I don't think both of us do. I yeah. think it, it, you know as more things get released and we see more Kang variants and stuff, then it will start to make sense about you know the events of Loki uh, season two because I feel like this show is going to be setting up what happens in you know the Kang Dynasty because I mean it's going to happen anyway. It's going to be this multiversal war of Kang's happening. It's, yeah, it's, you know, it's going it, to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. So it's basically like what kind of like leads it to happen. Like, because I feel it's like in so many different ways, like the whole multiverse kind of thing is like kind of like sorted now. Like the whole kind <laughs> yeah, of yeah, it is, isn't it? Um, yeah. Oh, what's the thing? Um, what was the thing in Doctor Strange that they were really worried about? Um, um, oh, oh God. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's kind of like breaks in it in reality, wasn't it? Yeah. There? Um, I can't remember uh, what it's called, but yeah, I, can't I remember I can't... Strange. And like it opened up, and then like all the sort of like villains you see, like the um, the Vulture, you see the Rhino, you see like yeah. the little silhouettes. Yeah. And now, yeah. is that because of what happens at the end of season one of Loki? Well, people that's what thought it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Mm, I'm not too sure. That's it's interesting. cool. Like, I don't even think like Marvel are thinking about it. I think they're like, oh, just don't worry about it. Just consume product. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, obviously, the TVA at the end of the, sh- of the series, their main job now is not to go around, you know, pruning timelines and pruning variants. It's to basically keep a hand of Kang. Because now they know about these different variants of Kang who are basically, you know, more dangerous than he who remains. Yeah, they're basically worth to check up on them. Um, so that's going to play a big part. And obviously, you know, rumors are the TV are going to make the appearance of Deadpool three. Um, I feel like that's going to play a big role in that as well. Obviously, we got different variants of a different variant of, of uh, Wolverine running around, probably different variants of Deadpool as well. So you know, and obviously, this is going to bring in the X Men and all that, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and obviously, at the end of it, Ravonna Rayslayer gets pruned and it ends up in kind of like, uh, it's like, the, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like the the, the place where all everyone gets pruned goes to. Yeah, it? with um, Elias, the, the Eli- big yeah. uh, smoke monster was there. Now, yeah. now, I have got a question for you, right? Yes. And I'm taking this from some, what someone else said. Yeah. Um, another podcast, but uh, apologies. Um <laughs> She sees this very purplish glow, yeah. Yeah. Is that the is that the devourer? Uh, you know, the, the creature. Yeah. Or is that Kang? Um because we don't see who it is, but I don't think we're gonna see the last of a Vernon because obviously she has this big part with Kang in the comics. Now and I feel like she might be play a big role in the events of um the Kang dynasty. Yeah. So I don't mm. think that's the last we're going to see of her. Um, Loki, on the other hand, now Loki's obviously protecting these timelines. That's obviously going to fall apart because the Kang variants are going to come around and you know they're going to invade six point six Earth. Yeah. So that's going to happen. Now, do you reckon we'll see Loki make an appearance again down the road, or do you reckon this is it? Because Tom Hiddleston said that this is the combination of my journey as Loki 
No, since 2011. Um, it would be. I think it would be a shame to um, undermine this finale, even if it was a. Um, oh, this, this is really weird, see, because one can argue the what the storytelling of Logan was the perfect send off for Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, but now he's coming back as a variant of Wolverine. Yeah. Does that undermine the legacy left in Logan, um, which was phenomenal? It was probably one of the best, like one of the best films I've ever seen. I think um, it's not it's the, the same, same Logan thing, though. It? It's just, it's not the same Logan from that film. But, it's a, it's a yeah. variant. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true, isn't it? It's, so also, so it's not the 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 Wolverine we see in um, I I don't know um, Days in of the... Future Past. It's not the same Wolverine as the one in Logan. No, this is what me and my friend were talking about. Cause, yeah. Because, I mean, th- thematically, it, I don't think it matters. Because it, yeah, it is meant to be like Hugh Jackman's send-off, isn't it? For, for not just a variant of the character, but the character itself. Um, yeah. I, you know. My thing I'm a bit worried about is if it turns out that this Wolverine, the variant we see, we see in Deadpool 3, is the same variants that you know the same one that's in logan and the idea is like deadpool goes back goes you know back to basically save wolverine from being killed uh you know the events of logan i think that would just ruin the film in my opinion yeah i think that'd be a really bad thing i think it should be a different wolverine from a different kind of timeline yeah well i mean if if um the costume is anything to go by i i know we've only seen a couple of set photos but it does look like they're going for a more comic accurate version so but this could be a different wolverine yeah. this could be a very different yeah. wolverine than all exactly. the other ones we've seen yeah. in the x-men well they, they could have a more like you know i'm going by the 90s cartoon so it's like you know like the, you want to fight bub you know the like because wolverine is not meant to be tall he's meant to be like stacked but he's meant yeah. to be like quite short yeah and he's always like hunched over it's like oh my god well, you know, it's like, hey, bub. You know, he's more like gruff, isn't he? Whereas yeah. Hugh Jackman presented him as more um, refined. See, see this is good. This is good, interesting because we are seeing different multiverses now coming out of yeah. like different like characters, actors playing different characters, actors, different actors playing the same character, and then we have the same actor playing the same character. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. So, so in one pit, we got we're gonna have you know, uh, you could say you know, I'm trying to think of the character like Lasana Lynch's uh, Marie Rambeau. She she plays the same character, I think, in like you know, maybe two different kind of uh, universes. And this is obviously spoilers for the for the Marvels post credit scene. Uh, apologies, yeah. but then also in Spider Man, we got like Tom McGuire Spider Man, and then Andrew Garfield Spider Man, two different actors playing the same character, and then you obviously got Tom Holland. I mean, th- this is this is the issue, see, because um, if you're presenting, let's say, like different versions, like different universes versions, like does it like continue on with that sort of like you know character? Because it, it, it's kind of like this, right? In the uh, this is, I think this is what Marvel are kind of get they're trying to get around the idea of well, even if like our universe fails, like let's say the DCEU. At least we can bring back versions, so it's almost like, oh yeah, but you know, like that character you like, it's just an alternate version. It's just, I think, it's just an excuse to carry on because 
Doctor Who did a really good, like, it's it's brilliant, right, with the whole um, regeneration, because it's the same character, but when, let's say, the actor can no longer play him because of age, illness, um, yeah. contractual obligations, or they just lose interest in the character, no problem. The, the, oh, the Doctor's an alien. We can just, psh, magic, like, powers, he turns into a new person. Um and then you had like James Bond, where they never really acknowledged it, but the character kind of remained the same. Um, obviously, uh, depending on like the seventies, it became really camp, and then it became really gritty in the nineties uh, and then noughties. But then you have now, like let's say, yeah, like Spider Man, right? Um, we've had three iterations of Spider Man, and I think Disney were kind of when they acquired you know Fox and 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 the whole sort of like. Um, the, the 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 fox men and then they they got um oh, damn it um oh what's the other ones like you know like the sort of like the uh, the other studios that made them um uh fantastic four oh, yeah like all, all those yeah like one of yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. yeah you know they sort of no um, one, no one but universal universal uh, universal sorry yeah like no, they, I, uh, they, yeah they realized that sort of like well you know the kids will wonder you know so they they there's a lot of goodwill between these characters but it's the different actors playing the same quote-unquote characters. Well, the comics have had precedent for establishing alternate versions of this character because obviously, back in the day, the comic book universes wanted to, you know, the different, um, let's say, writers had different opinions on how to write characters. You know, the what the tone and what the the actual level of comic, you know, sort of comedy in these um, comic books should be present. They had differences of opinion because, you know, as something like a property gets older, people's opinions are going to change over time. And then with something like, let's say, the Marvel universes, that's why I mentioned like the prime universe, which they kind of say, well, you know, if you want a more coherent storyline, then the 616 is the one which like you should go by. But there are dozens and dozens of universes. There's one universe where everyone's a zombie. Yeah. You know, there's loads of stuff. Um, and at one time, they regarded uh, the MCU as universe. I think it was one nine 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 nine, something like that. That for for a long, long time since the MCU inception, if you looked at like the MCU sort of like um, wikis or whatever, it was always regarded as that number. But yeah. now, um, now that they obviously they they um, exploring the multiverse stuff, which love it or hate it, it's happening. Um, they are he- considering where to go forward. I think. Do you know that actually thought on our idea as well? Because now yeah. you obviously got the the Spider Verse films as well, the, an, the animation films. Now I don't know if those. Go, I don't know if the Marvel and Sony are going to decide. Oh, actually, let's incorporate those into the MCU as well. Because then you're 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 giving yourself a very big kind of like question mark because there's a plot hole. Because spoilers for across the Spider Verse, but there is like a cancel of spider of spider people from across different like multiverses. Yeah. And you got to think, like, the TVA would have like shut that down if they knew that, that was a thing, wouldn't it? Like, yeah. Um, well, that's the thing. Like, our like Marvel would make so much money if they did that, but are they going to do it? Yeah, yeah. They, when um, they see dollar signs, you know, Fe- Feige is. Um, I I don't think he's he has that much control now because you know back in the day when they were releasing like a few films mm. up to Avengers, he had his hands in in. You know, well, he had his hands in it. Well, he's the head of Marvel Studios, yeah. but Marvel but I think Studios obviously is because 
yeah. owned by Disney, so Bob Iger. Yeah. He worked for Bob Iger, so Bob Iger yeah. basically tells Ken Feige what to say. So basically, yeah. when people say like, "Oh, Ken Feige, this is Ken Feige's fault for this," this it's like it's not no. really. It's yeah. Bob Iger's fault. Yeah, but, but I think text. as well, like it doesn't really matter. However good, let's say the um, the spearhead. So let's say a, a person like Feige. Um, it doesn't matter how good they are because of the sort of critical mass that the MCU is reaching. It doesn't matter how good they are. If they, if their time and effort is spent across a range of projects, they have less time and effort to, to, um, you know, to spend in each project, which means that their vision or their drive has been diluted. Um, yeah. Yeah. And may, that that's obviously a, a, a hypothesis of why a reason why the MCU's quality seems to be slipping. Well, well yeah. no, it is slipping. Um and I think it's because of like this critical mass that they're reaching. Definitely. But, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I can diss it, but Loki was fantastic. I think yeah. the ending sequence of Loki essentially becoming <laughs> Not even like a god, but like the the one who holds everything together, every single universe, every, everywhere. He has well, achieved his his goal, isn't it? He always thought that he had purpose, this this fate, and he, essentially he's the one that creates like the world tree, and he he's the one that binds everything together. I think it's well, fantastic. It's, it's quite interesting because I feel like you know it's the idea is like really. Not the hero's journey, but I think it's another thing as well. Like in terms of like a character arc, it's it's like somebody like they don't know their purpose in life, but then they find out their purpose. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I think he is that he's never known what his purpose really is, and now at the end he finds his his glorious purpose. Exactly. Um, the reason and what, why he made, what, a, what glory it is to. I the reason why obviously the 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 timelines all become part of this he creates a world tree you know it i think it's just kind of like a nice little you know oh he's a norse god make it the world yeah. tree i think but that's it, kind of like a cool thing like really isn't it tree you know and like yeah like, do you see the poster in the tva after it let's grow yeah. together it yeah. shows that he's promoting growth positivity yeah. you know he's pro- like and, it, and it's good because it? it shows that like what they've been pruning, because when you prune something, you control its growth. When yeah. you prune, this is how you like you cultivate roses. Yeah. Because if you leave a rose to grow not like naturally, it becomes a dog rose, which is a wild rose, and it doesn't look as um, visually aesthetic yeah. as a stereotypical rose because it's been now, um, it's been uh, domesticated. Now but I'm gonna say something. Allowed to grow, it becomes a tree. Now I'm gonna say something, okay? Yeah. And this is definitely like obviously we analyze stuff so much. Is this gonna be a hot take? I think like I think people, you know, as you said, people thinking, oh, he created the world tree because the idea is like roots to grow and stuff. Yeah. I think or kind of like a symbolism of like, you know, the world tree basically is like what, you know, brings together all the nine realms. Mm. I think personally, I think it's like, you know what, I think the I think the writers were like, you know what, let's make a world tree because Loki's a god. And it's like something similar yeah. to him. Like, let's change it so it's not something similar to what he remains one did. Let's make it similar to, you know, Loki's mm. one. Um, you know, he it's really the idea made like, it in his own image. When, well, the idea is like, you know, when say you got a new office, yeah, and yeah. the last person moved in, 
lived worked in that office left and you moved in you're going to change the whole office like kind of like you're going to take down the old that's the, a, the paintings that's a great and stuff analogy that's a yeah. great analogy to, to make it look like okay this is my office now yeah this is my throne that's and I think fantastic that's why yeah. i think that's why he's done it and the idea is like you know why is the phone gold and his helmet's gold i mean low-key the main colors for low-key the god of mischief is green and gold yes yeah you know and in the in the fourth film he's you know he's it's green and gold in the mendes film it's green and gold so like it it, it works it makes sense yeah um, I mean, I, I do feel like the shoes, he's walking the shoes are a bit kind of like, you know, on the nose a little <laughs> well, bit. Well, I think um, he, he's he's obviously meant to be more, um, whereas before he wore armour, now he's yeah. just wearing like a, a tunic, a, cl- a cloak, yeah. and like yeah. the, the sl- almost like slippers, isn't it? Yeah. He almost looks more peasant, and he's humbling yeah. himself. Yeah. He, um, has, he still has an ego. Uh, he's, he definitely thinks that he is great, because he, he is great. He mm. he is terribly great. When I when I saw him like this, uh, like accumulating all this power, you do fear like, oh my god, like is is he is he like succumbing to his his darkness again? But um, I I thought the the costume was great to show that he is embracing. He, he do, do you like when he he's like uh, he goes past all the sort of like the branches and you see his face? He has a a look of grim determination crossed with satisfaction that yeah, he's doing satisfaction something. Word. Yeah. He's doing something not for himself no. but for others. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. His friends know what he's doing, but he's doing it for them. You know, he is he has accumulated power. He's become a benevolent entity. He's not even yeah. a god now. He's greater than a god now, isn't he? He yeah. is. And him <laughs> I don't know, it's sort of like stairway to heaven thing where he's creating his own path. You know, there's there's no there's nothing there's no steps, but he creates the pathway himself to get to that um old rock that um is it the citadel at the end of time or something? Yeah, yeah. And the, the goal that once was, you know, like like literally like I don't know. Well, like, he, like, he who remains yeah. his throne. That's what, what part. Yeah. That, that was bit, this, the chair. That yeah. was what left of it. But he, he, he sits on his throne. And do you know like when he, he sweeps all of those like timelines around him? Yeah. It was like he was pulling his cloak over the throne and claiming yeah. the throne. Yeah. It was, it was great. It was, it was, I know like awesome is, is overused, but it was awesome. It was, you, 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 I got goosebumps. And when, um, his crown is jagged as well, and it and it looks like like the rock with the sort of like the gold veins. It's it's uncut and it's rough, but it it's it's meaningful to him. It's like a bit of like uh, it's Game of Thrones reference, but like the Three Eyed Raven. It's like becomes part of the tree. Exactly. Like, yeah. In a way, and like yeah, yeah. Trees are very pagan, aren't they? Because trees yeah. are like life. Because you know roots, you know, like in the soil, and then it, it creates fruit. And obviously, yeah, as, as you mentioned, uh, it's um, the, the tree of life, the Yggdrasil, the, um, the ash but, tree of the universe as but well. But, like, obviously, Loki is, you know, seen as a god of mischief, but also it's need, like, the giver of stories or something, or the god of stories. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he, he the idea is... Um, he's a very, like, storytelling god. So yeah. he's, he's a storyteller god because he's got all these different stories across all these different timelines. Oof, that's cool. So I think that's what... That's yeah. And... Um, um, I, I'm not sure if it's like a, a coincidence, but um, you know the time stone, it's green. 
Okay, this is where it gets. This is where <laughs> theories are going to come into now because I think I know it's a coincidence. I think it's I know <laughs> the Ether Stone, the Red Stone, Scarlet yeah. Witch had it in Doctor Strange: Multiverse Madness. She had the Red Stone. Did she? And I've got yeah. Um, I'll, I'll see if I can send you a picture. One second. Uh, check your Facebook because I'm going to send this to you now. Now, Miss Mud just me just fan theorizing too much but yeah if you have check your facebook messenger right now are they just recreating the infinity infinity stones again (laughs) but like this 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 time it's not actually stones it's actually people i thought the mind stone gave wanda the powers right when um when hydro experimented on the mind stone it gave wanda and pietro um the powers um, yeah, Scarlet Witch has always had, you know, she, Red. You know, she's always been the Scarlet Witch. Yeah, but yeah, like Red. She had the power to change reality. So reality is the red, the red um, gem stone. I, um, do you reckon I'm looking into this too much? Um, you, you can I, say. I mean, you, <laughs> there you is can a pattern say forming. Like... There is a pattern forming, though, isn't there? Yeah. Hmm. So basically, like the the, the photo that Reese Bolton has just sent me is um shows uh, Monica Rambo with the the blue space stone that once was the Tesseract, and then it shows Wanda Maximoff with the red reality stone, and then finally Loki with the green time stone. Um, there's literally there's a precedent there. There's three different examples that line up quite well. Um, I don't know. <laughs> oh god, I don't know. Uh, I think I think I kind of looked into too much. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've gotten some of the Queen's theories. There's too many of them yeah. that actually start believing they're actually true. But I mean, some of them are really, really interesting. Like, um, I, oh god, one of the theories I saw was like um, Deadpool. Basically, uh, the TVA go after Deadpool because he well. Although, actually, no, that's wrong. The theory was that TVA are creating their own Avengers squad with other characters from other universes. So that's why Deadpool take uh, gets uh, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine in Deadpool 3. Yeah. Because they're creating their own Avengers, um, TVA are, <laughs> to fight against the the Kang, the, the Kangs. That would be start, cool. They're start, starting up. Kind yeah. of war. I don't know if that's true, though. That's quite interesting theory. That would be great. But, um, yeah. I mean, as Tom Hiddleston said, you know, He's, he's not gonna come back. Then again, uh, yeah, who Jackman said he won't come back. Tony, you don't need the TV. You don't need to um, look in the TV anymore. He's no. He, he's a, he's not part of TV anymore. So you can have TV come back. Yeah. You can have Mobius come back. But then we can talk about Mobius in a sec, actually. But mm. I mean, but but yeah, during coming back to the who, like um, I wouldn't even say leg uh, Loki like um, ascending to godhood. He's ascending yeah. to something greater, isn't he? He's like yeah. a. A, an entity of time. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. he's like the guardian of time. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but but it, it, uh, it was fantastic. But also, I saw. I remember someone. I saw someone. Um, I saw someone comment on one on Reddit. It's like, well, why can he? Why didn't he do that? Like the the episode four, and I was like, well, he didn't know how to control the the you know the, the time thing back then. I, I, I also he think he, he didn't. He didn't have that resolution, the the resolve no. to give up 
any, like, he, he can't aspire to anything else. He he has become the greatest he'll ever be, but he has to stay there now forever as yeah. the guardian. You know, like he he is the more benevolent version of he who remains. He is allowing them all free will, but at the at the expense of his own free will. I, I love how like when he's in the bar with Sylvie in episode five, and she says, "Why are you doing it?" It's because really. I just want to bring. I want to save my friends. Yeah. I miss my friends. I think that's he's, such, a, he's alone, isn't he? Yeah. That's one of the best scenes of the whole show because it just shows yeah. that basically how vulnerable and how kind of like we can relate to Loki as well. Yeah, as well. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, that episode is a brilliant work. We get to see all yeah. like the kind of like past selves of the different characters. I mean, Hunter B 15s uh, like a, a doctor in um, yes. In the hospital in 2012, New York. So maybe she was oh. there when, when before uh, the attack happened. It'd be interesting. Well, she hasn't recognized Loki, so I'd be quite interested if she. Ooh, <laughs> saw maybe Loki maybe she thingy. was meant to die. Maybe she was meant to die in 2012 yeah. in the uh, attack um, in New York. That's... But then the whole variant why why she was made uh, and like a a member of the TVA was because that variant survived. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and she wasn't meant to. That, that's exactly. a, a pretty interesting it's, thing. Exactly, and also the the patients are in there aren't like you know people trying to recover or people who have been hurt from the attack. I think it's just like you yeah. know just kind of general hospital. Yeah, um, normal. We see Casey, hmm. who um, I'm trying to remember his name of. He played Frank, who was one of the basically based on the true story of one of the people that escaped from uh, Alcatraz in the 60s. Uh, yeah. The Clint Eastwood film Escape from Alcatraz is based on that, and Clint Eastwood was replaced by the same character. So this, the, the Frank is the, the character that escapes um, escapes Alcatraz. So it's quite interesting, kind of blurring kind of like, you know, real-life thingies with, you know, in the MCU, the TVA, obviously, Loki was DB Cooper in the first series. Yeah. So uh, you know that's that's how we kind of. Uh, oh yeah, he betrays Frank Morris. So he's a famous bank robber and Alcatraz escapee. Uh, we get. We also get uh, Mobius as um, obviously a jet ski salesman. And you can kind of tell, looking at it, it's kind of like he's got a very difficult life. He looks like he's like, you know, single father with like, I think like three, three boys, two, three two boys. Early. Yeah. Two, yeah. So he's always very, very busy. And that's how the whole jet ski things, you know, idea come, comes in. Oh, I loved him actually riding the jet ski in water rather than riding the <laughs> jet ski yeah. in like, you know, a store. But, but that's what we get. Um, yeah, that was fun. That was yeah. And then obviously he goes back at the end of the of the the last the last episode to see obviously his life and to see like and what what he does. And I think that like now he's known, he can go off and do his own thing now. That was really sad. Yeah, that was really really yeah. sad. But, but it's actually him job. as well. So in the end of yeah. the way, he's like lost, but also he's kind of won. Yeah. So no, it, it, you see, like how happy, like his original sort of like yeah. you know thing was, and he and you are yeah. happy for him, and he's happy for himself. And you know, like, when he he just stays there, and I don't know, like the filmmaking in this is really good because it shows like just him just staying there with the sound of yeah. the trees and, and birds, and like just behind him, and you don't yeah. really know. Like I I think he's like he's breaking down, crying. 
Yeah. And it's almost like it's showing that like he he's almost like afraid to show everyone how um how like horrified and how sad he is that he can never have this life, but he's yeah. allowing his original self to live this life, this happiness. And I know it's it's not a perfect life. You know, he's raising these boys on his own. You know, he's he has to get rid of the jet skis, you know, but it's a it's a normal life and he and he wants it. He needs that life, but he can't have it because his original self is living it. Do you I, reckon think he was, I think it's fab. Do you reckon he's retarding TVA now? Or do you Ooh. reckon he'll come back? Ooh. I think it's on the cards. I think him yeah. like looking out at like a normal life, his him tempted by the normal life. Yeah. Um or it's the cool. idea is like he's seen bits key now what he wants to see now he can return the TVA. Like yeah. complete, maybe. Yeah. Um, he has he has closure. Yeah. Um, we also see Or Boris as like, you know, a struggling um, uh, uh, book writer. Um, yeah. He trying to sell his book in like a book a bookshop in like the 90s and apparently people don't read science fiction in the 90s, which <laughs> I don't, I think that's kind of far-fetched to say that because I think science fiction has been popular ever since, well, uh, you know, 1930s with, uh, you know, War of the Worlds and stuff like that. And the visual. Yeah. Um, you can go even further back to like the Victorian times, actually. Um, so, I, I, I can't find interest in the idea, and also it makes it he makes it straightforward that he's like a you know a science fiction writer because then he's the first one that kind of understands what Loki's on about, so he's able to help Loki because the rest of it Loki's trying to make sense of it, but he keeps like uh, slipping, mm. so. And I love how, like, basically, he gives the, the guidebook to Ob, and then he creates, and then he creates that device. But yeah, it costs him his job and his marriage. Yeah, and just, that was so, so funny. And he so, says so it's so funny. deadpan as well, didn't he? It's like, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, nineteen. <laughs> My wife left. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it, 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 it was it's, funny. Is 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 really really funny. The thing is, the humor um, in this is very dry, isn't it? It's good. Yeah. Mm. Although, yeah. like, uh, and then obviously Sylvie, after killing, he remains busy, goes and finds a, like a quiet job working in McDonald's. Uh, yeah. In uh, probably the heyday of McDonald's in the 80s, where McDonald's was like a massive, massive thing. Yeah. Probably very cheaper back then as well. Um, so that's interesting. I think the idea is she's finding a life that's very like simple and quiet for her. Yeah, she wants a normal life, isn't it? Yeah. A, a quiet yeah. life. Um, and then obviously she get comes back and she gets involved and stuff because obviously you know she's the reason why all this kind of like destruction of the timeline, the breaking of the timeline is actually happening. So she comes back. I do feel like they did not progress much in her character in this, yeah, in this series. Yeah. I think they really pushed her back now. And obviously because this happens, the idea of like Loki and her had the thing, the idea that Loki loves himself, but they kind of like. Really got rid of that actually. Um, yeah, they didn't I don't know really whether, play into that at all. Did they? I don't know whether they had some criticism from from the fans because of that, and they kind of died it down. But I mean, you know, Sophia de uh, de Martino is brilliant as Sylvia. I loved her. In the oh first yeah, it was series. Yeah. I wish she had more to do in this one. Yeah. I felt like she was very like pushed aside a bit and just appeared when they, she was needed. Yeah, um, they they kind of fridged her a bit, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Which I, I wasn't feel... great, but I mean, you know, she was there when they needed her, and she was still like a very strong like character. Yeah, 
but I think at the end of the show, she basically like you know she can go back to her normal life now, knowing that yep. of the the timelines are safe and you know the TVA is in safe hands now. So yeah, um, why are they acting as if they can't see Loki? They they can see him surely. They just go inside the tree or whatever. What do you <laughs> right? mean? What do you mean? They, they can, it's not as if like nothing's there that they can like stop him from. They can stop them from seeing him. Well, no, he no, he's ba- he's banished at the end of time. But they can go there, can't they? Yeah, they can I go know. to the end of time. Okay, I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't get like why they're acting as if he's dead. That's so bizarre. Yeah, I didn't think, I didn't yeah. think about that. It could actually, because thematically, it's almost he has like sacrificed himself. Unless he becomes part, becomes morphed into the tree, so you can't yeah. really see him. Like, like you said, that sort of like um, the three-eyed crow sort of thing. Yeah. That's actually a good point. I, did, I don't think I ever thought about that because it also in the show, in the series, they found it made it so easy for us to kind of like jump between different timelines and stuff. You know, like oh, yeah. end of time. Here we go. Like it took so long for them to get. Yeah. To, it took yeah. so long for them to get to that point where you can't feel like wait, they can just jump there. Like yeah. Especially with how like um when I guess so they have the help of Miss Minutes. I think Miss Minutes has that like. Um, privilege where she can travel mm. like to and fro. Okay, I'll talk about Miss Minutes actually. Yes. So Miss Minutes kind of becomes like a proper villain in this yeah. season, especially the part where she basically watches the enjoyment of a bunch of TVA soldiers basically squishing to death in probably one of the most <laughs> horrible yeah. deaths in the MCU's done so far off camera, which I think is fair enough because I think on camera, I think it would have been like. Oh yeah, much. that would have been our rating, um, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, but they brought on this whole kind of like romance arc in this minutes towards t- he remains, which felt really uncalled for. Yeah, but yeah. I think they basically used it as a reason to basically be like Miss Minutes is like why she why she's competing with Renslayer, why is she trying to you know yeah get because she wasn't really a character in the first season, was she? She was no. more of a well like an AI, like a little helper sort of thing, like the, the paperclip from uh, Microsoft Office. Yeah, <laughs> she was, wasn't she? She was basically a clever version. What, of like, what of they've done now is they've rebooted her, so she, I think with different, this new Miss Minutes, this not corrupt Miss Minutes, won't be. You know, she'll be. She'll make appearances again. The TVA make appearances in yeah. future MCU installments. She's gonna make an appearance, um, because obviously the you know yeah. the Tower Storm's accent with Minutes is absolutely so so cool. Yeah, um, hey y'all. She's you better run. I love it when she goes really big and she scares all the that was people funny. in the world. Or when she went into like the old the old timey version of a clock. That was very fun. Yeah. Um like a like a, a silent movie version, which is uh, very, very cool. Now I'm disappointed um, yeah. in the World's Fair episode that did not mention H.H. H. Holmes because that is Rem- a major character. Me. So he H. was H. A, Holmes. He was a serial killer who was killing people during the event of the World's Fair in Chicago. Ooh, yeah, that would be so, interesting. So that is so. I, I, I was disappointed didn't, didn't mention the reference that because that's quite like a key kind of thing. Yeah. Well, if you're a true crime geek like me, but um, I you know also we've got to talk about uh, Brad Wolf Hunter X Five. Yeah. Um, I mean, I liked him. I think I, I think he his kind of energy. You know, easy asshole. He's the one who tries to be, get Loki to basically snap. And torture him and stuff. 
I think that's really, really, really good. I think later on down the road is the episodes, he can't becomes like kind of like forgettable. Like he just comes, yeah. he's just there. Um, but he's basically, you know, he's the big bulk of episode two because they're trying to find uh, General Doc sends all his agents to go and find um, Sylvie in a secret timeline. And one of the agents, Hunter X5, basically like becomes the persona of Brad Wolf, this kind of like 60s film actor who creates this film called Zenyak. Uh, and in the comic books, he becomes this character called Zenyak. Um, but then he kind of wants to, uh, he, he'd rather go back and be Brad Wolf. So that's why he joins our Renslayer and Miss Minutes because they're giving him an opportunity. But yeah, at the end of it, he gets uh, pruned, and that's the last we see of him. So yeah. he's probably, you know, whatever happens to him, I don't think he's going to come back. Cause no, no, we're no not going to see him there's again. No need, there's no need to. Yeah, um, he, he was a very like fun character, to be fair. When uh, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, like when he was like at the film premiere, that was very fun. Yeah, yeah, but it's kind of like a, a kind of like the antagonist of the week. Really, you got to get through. Yeah, kind of like yeah. yeah. Because obviously he's meant to be like, yeah, like the sort of minor villain, you know, of, of Zaniac. He was meant to be like that little reference, wasn't he? But um, we, we also see like the Zaniac um, uh, arcade game as well. Did you see that? In, uh, yeah, that, that yeah. was really, really cool. Yeah. But um, I, I thought um, it, the, the internet, right, um, on, a, on a little tangent, like the, the internet likes the whole analog horror sort of stuff. And um, liminal spaces, like you know, the whole um, anyone that's like familiar with like the back rooms and stuff is like it's this yeah. sort of like um, horror aspect. That sort of like um, places like let's say malls or like offices, which uh, you're used to seeing them busy and full of life. If you go there when it's sort of like dark, or if it's you know like no one's there, but like lights are on and music is playing, it has this really weird effect on you because you know that something isn't right and. I feel like in this season of Loki, they sort of really like do. I'm not sure if the the writers are you know familiar with uh, this, but they do seem to go into this sort of idea that um, when the TVA is empty, it's like spooky. Um, it would, you know, see like Lo- Loki walking through the corridors yeah, on his own. Yeah, there yeah. is this like this um, uh, this like this idea that there's something missing. There's like this yeah. um, paranoia. And, yeah. and then, you know, like, as I say, you know, analog horror, like the analog aesthetic, this like 70s aesthetic of the TVA is is glorious. I love the, um, I've mentioned it in one of my reviews, the whole, um, I call it the coffee stained pa- um, palette. The the idea that everything's like brown, everything's like almost like used, like this sort of like retro oh, wow. futurism. Oh, wow. That's a really good idea. That's a really good approach to that. Yeah. Yeah, because the idea is also is like, it kind of encapsulates that Loki's alone as well. And the idea is yes. like in episode five where everyone's gone, he's like he's like a physical representation of his of him. Like he's alone. Yeah. Um and also it Lo- makes it scary loneliness is a big theme of this season. And also it makes it quite dark and kind of scary because like, you know, the idea for like a place busting with life becomes like, you know, very quiet and empty. Kind of like yeah. it's kind of looming towards this kind of like really dark, this dark tide that it's fast approaching and stuff and it really sets the mood doesn't it yeah you know, the idea of the darkest day just before the dawn like that kind of exactly. like yeah. idea because um, um there's a really like it's quite famous now kane pixels he's a youtuber and he's made a couple of like he made like the really famous backrooms uh video okay and he's been he's been given a movie deal by a24 to make a, a backrooms movie oh, wow. which is gonna be fab 
yeah. it's this idea you know like you know um you're like in video games where you know clip yeah imagine that but in reality how scary would that be where you you know clip into essentially you phase through essentially like the the fabric of reality into like this weird like side room almost like the tva because the tva it's outside of time isn't it time doesn't yeah. exist but it's it's almost like this like um a screen it's not a screenshot a um uh, a snapshot isn't it of um yeah you know, saying like let's say like an office space which is kind of like the strip lighting the really like old carpets the really like like off-white like sort of yellowed paper yellowed walls it's unsettling and there's a feeling that you're not quite alone even though you are yeah i like it and i i, I really liked how they they maybe they did how they, they sort of integrated that horror aspect into it and we see who he who remains as well on another pivot we, we go back yeah. to the season one finale which is uh cool yeah, I do love. I do. I, I do like it when obviously Sylvie tries to kill He Remains, and then obviously Loki's trying to stop her. And then, like <laughs> one point, Loki says to He Remains, "Like you could, you could, you can try and help or do something." And obviously, he has his power then to like freeze time. That does kind of conquer and cost many have that power. I swear, he freezes time in the film. In in Antwan. Yeah. Um. No. He he um he shoots energy beams and he gets defeated by ants. He hasn't got the power to control time. He's sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Hang on, like no, he uses um. I I don't know. He does something where like he like tortures like people, doesn't he? He can control people, but he, he, I don't think he can actually like essentially freeze them out of time. Yeah, like, what he does yeah. with Sylvie. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. That's interesting. He who remains, I think, is the most powerful version of Kang, and it's lucky that he is not one of the most evil ones. It's oh, just yeah. luck, you know. Yeah, I think I think he is one of the most. He is the most um, powerful one because he, he was yeah. he was he's a mass manipulator and he was oh god, everything's yeah. going he's, along. He's far from good. He is not yeah. good. He is evil, yeah. but he is the least evil um, of the Kangs, and he you know. He's a megalomaniac, but I think he thinks that like the only way, like the way I can like essentially you know control my universe, but without starting a war and like because he wants to rule, he doesn't want to fight. He's not the conqueror. He is just the one who just you know he he, he remains. He just wants to endure. He wants to outlast everything. He oh, he wow. wants to be the man who sits on his throne at the end of time. And and it, the idea is now is like he's dead, isn't it? Yeah. So the idea is like obviously this failsafe thing was the destruction of TVA, just so like it could wipe out these kind of different multiverses and stuff, stop the multiverse Kangs. Now, yes. see Loki's now in control of that, so obviously the multiverse Kangs are still out there. Um, I think that's the last we can see. He remains unless he makes an appearance in the Kang Dynasty. I, um, I don't think he will. Yeah. I don't think we'll see Vikatami again. I think that character's done. Um, he, he's just meant to be like a little comedic version, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Plus, I, I think they wanted to like go into the whole like um, you, you know the sort of like HG Wells, the Time Machine. They wanted yeah. like that that version, didn't they? The yeah. sort of steampunky Victorian esque yeah, uh, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
but I feel like he's very much kind of like he's like a good Kang variant, but doesn't know he's a Kang variant as well. He, he's um, uh, how how would you describe it? He's he's not self actualized yet. Yeah. He's Kang, yeah. is he? Yeah, you know, he could have been. I think he was very tempted at, at certain times. You know, like when um, Miss Miss is like, "Oh, you'll never be him," and I think he realizes like, "Well." Maybe I don't want to be him. Maybe I'll just be Victor. I'll just be myself. And well, he's capable of being brave and being well, good. That's the thing, because Sylvie goes around and her aim in the beginning of Series 2 is to hunt down all the Kang variants. Yeah. And she finds Victor Timely and basically she tries to kill him and Victor Timely says, I am not that same person. Yeah. So she basically realises, okay, I'm going to let him go. So with the kind of the idea that the TV guidebook does not go back into a young Victor Timely's hands. So do we have an idea that Victor Timely would just not exist now in his current secret timeline anymore? He exists. And and maybe he is a scientist, but maybe because he doesn't have the TVA guidebook, he doesn't aspire to megalomania. Is in the comics the idea of like okay because oh, can't wait. Ouroboros, right, wrote the TVA guidebook on the sort of t- like um, the research and experiences of Victor Timely. But if they didn't, if um, Miss Minutes and Ravona never gave Timely the guidebook, Ouroboros created a different guidebook. You remember, you remember at the end when they, they see the TVA and he opens up a book. A, um, a box, and it's almost like um, it's meant to be like where do you know, like you see the boxes full of his unsold books in his like um, his workshop. Yeah. Instead of his like that science fiction book, now it's the new guide. So it maybe it's just it's him either going off the the research of this un untempered normal Victor, or just him writing it himself. Yeah, because at the end of it. Um... He writes a new TV handbook with Tommy yeah. as a co-author. Yes. But then it says in one timeline, Tommy does not receive a TV handbook. Okay. So the, the the idea is like what what timeline? Um, they've rewritten it. They they essentially. Um, oh, this, it's, it's really weird, this, isn't it? Is this a sacred timeline? He doesn't get the book. The sacred timeline he does, but then again, they're not going by the sacred timeline anymore, are they? Yeah. So like, it doesn't really matter now. They're just they're just going by, you know, different timelines. Oh, it's really weird to think, isn't it? Like, it, the thing is, is all kind of trying to make sense because from the comics, Nathaniel Richards, like he's like the the main Kang, and basically spreads to all these different. Yeah. Okay. I need. I need. Kang is such a character I'm so interested in seeing yeah. more of. And obviously, the whole thing with Drug yeah. Major scandal and all that, you know, that's up in the air what's going to happen to Kang. Yeah. Forward. They might um, uh, change direction with um, a certain Victor Von Doom instead. I don't think they will. I think they're, they're too far into basically Oof, yeah. doing that. I think, say, Victor Von Doom for like the next saga of MC films and yeah. shows. Because I think he's. He, It'd be quite late bringing Victor on Doom as Fantastic Four will be coming out in 2025, and it's going to be part of Phase Six, which is the last phase of 
the Saga. saga. So I don't think it really yeah. makes sense. Um, having Kang in it, I think it really depends what's going to happen with this trial or whatever. But I don't really want to cover that. Um, yeah. I mean, that that's it doesn't really matter, does it? No. Um, we just worried about the MCU. Um, yeah. Ugh, I mean, you know, like, I'm a bit biased towards because I, I prefer the character of Doom over Kang. But, like, they're going with Kang, so, so be it. Um, the thing is, there's so, many, there's so much... They haven't really made it clear about what... No. About Kang, it's kind of we get with different variants of Kang, but we haven't explained more there. Like I, one of my criticisms of this season is I thought we'd be seeing more Kangs. Yeah, I thought we'd yeah. be seeing like not this Victor Tommy. I thought we'd be seeing like another Kang, and we could learn a lot more about like you know he who remains and the Kangs. I thought yeah. this kind of idea is like okay, like. Okay, we need to set up these Kangs. And I thought like Loki season two is a good opportunity to do that, but it didn't. I mean, the direction it went instead, I, I really loved as well. But maybe that's because like I kind of want to have an idea of who Kang is in you know preparation for the Kang dynasty. Now, to be honest, Thanos didn't know much anything about Thanos until Infinity War, because Infinity War was a, the Thanos film. So Kang Dynasty is going to be the Kang film, so we're probably going to get a lot of answers about who Kang is, and the whole, and uh, like his you know his plot and his purpose and all that yeah. in the Kang Dynasty. Yeah. Um, but I kind of want to see a bit more Kang variants appear to kind of like add to our threat as well, because mm. all we've seen is like one destructive Kang in Ant Man Quantumania, and then this idea about the Council of Kangs, which we've mm. seen. But also we see, you know, we haven't seen how destructive they can be. Like we, like I, I feel like going to Kang, Kang Dynasty is very much like I need to be really scared of Kang, like the same way I was scared of Thanos. And exactly. And yeah. I'm, I'm like, how they're going to really incorporate that into the other MCU shows and stuff, especially the more grounded Earth-based ones. You, you can't really have a Kang variant in there. Um. It's really more focused on kind of the more cosmic kind of multiverse kind of side to it as well. But the end game side, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's the problem. See, I think just you know, Marvel just getting to like a, a critical mass. And what, what, well, another point I want to mention is I really love the moment in the last episode between uh, Mobius and Loki. It's like the first time. It's the first time Mobius meets Loki, but it's also the last time Loki's going to see. Mobius, what do you? It's like Mobius's last first meeting, Loki's last meeting. Mobius, I think that's really really good. And the idea is like finding the idea is like what kind of man you are and who you're going to be, and that kind of um, you know that that kind of story Mobius gives about you know how there was a variant in the Black Sea. And you know he was tasked with Rensselaer to go and uh, and uh, kill his variants, but he couldn't do it because he was a little boy, and it created this huge kind of like um, issue where a bunch of TVA uh, you know soldiers were killed, and so to stop it, Rensselaer basically kills uh, prunes the kid, um, which kind of shows that basically like Mobius 
the man Mobius is, but kind of gives an idea of to Loki's like what kind of man and or person he wants to be. Hmm. I, I, I thought I thought it was great. Yeah. The showing, obviously, you know, the, 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 as you said, where Morbius came from, but then uh, bringing into it that sort of that. Um, As, as you said, you know, the first ever episode, Glorious Purpose, and, and the finale is called the same thing. It's yeah. showing that it, they are they always wanted to come full circle. Yeah. And it's that really weird, like, bittersweet thing in there, that, um, like, like the whole River Song thing with Doctor Who, that, you know, yeah. the first time the Doctor meets River Song is the last song. time River Song ever sees the Doctor. And it's that bittersweetness, isn't it? That, because um, by time, you know, it's this. Time is cruel, you know, and, and merciless, really, with like these, you know, doesn't care about feelings and whatnot. But Loki uses this the time he has, especially when he's back in like his initial meeting, to to embrace Mobius for all that he was doing. You know, from like from the outset in that initial meeting, Mobius only wanted to bring the best out of Loki. He saw like the the goodness, like the potential. Exactly. And it was only after all this time, you know, like hundreds of years that. Um, Loki has spent trying to you know resolve these issues in like the second season, especially. Only after all this time is Loki truly able to appreciate all that yeah. Mobius had done yeah. for him. Yeah, because obviously you know if it wasn't for Mobius there, they would have probably just got rid of Loki out outright. Yeah. But because Mobius saw in him something and wanted to give him a second chance, Loki is able to become the god like this, the great you know entity that he becomes. And, and, bang and to, buck, me, bang and to have the these buck, friends, yeah. yeah. Bang on the back. Um, the score by Natalie Holt is incredible. In this. It's, oh, it's uh, fab. Uh, yeah. I think it's better than the first series. Um, the the moment, especially when Loki is the destruction of TVA. The theme for that is amazing, and the theme for when Loki uh, obviously becomes, you know, takes finds his glorious purpose, and he sits on the throne. That music just Yes. As to that scene as well makes it absolutely like complete. The I did draw music to the finale as well. Oh where, yeah, like, it's the, all backwards. It's like, backwards. Oh, it's so the music clever. Is fab, yeah. So clever. So 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 clever. Um Ooh, yeah, give me goosebumps. I can't see more of her scores because obviously she did Obi-Wan Kenobi show any though like yeah. we have our thoughts on that show, but I mean I really enjoyed her uh, uh her music for that. I mean I think she wasn't Vader's given that really much good. time. No, I think she was I, given that much time to do it. No, so. it's kind of like Marco Gilchino with Rogue One. You, yes, you know. um, but I still, I still liked it. Uh, but I mean, her score for this is amazing. Like it, it adds kind of like, it's like yeah. the weirdness of the thing. It's like adds to um, just how weird and bizarre and very strange this show this show is, and it, it kind of fits the mood of obviously what the show's about. Yeah, um, and, and we get um, a version of the Loki theme, the, the green theme, um, yeah. in the, uh, I don't know which episode it is, but when they go back to Chicago in the 1800s, you get that like um, very whimsical sort of like um, piano version. That yeah, really, like, yeah. Really that, the chase. Yeah. And, you know, like, I didn't really like the tone that the, the that like chase scene took. But then again, it was very, it was more, 
comic. It was more of the time. It was me- meant to be this sort of like, yeah. really, like quaint sort of like setting, isn't it? With like obviously Victor Timely being a more comedic take on the the Kang the Conqueror persona. It's meant. It's, it, it was meant to be quite good. But also like the this just a Marvel Studios banner theme with the piano version at the beginning of the titles. That was quite yeah. that was that was really good. Yeah, as well. And I think was it in black and white as well. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. excellent. Um, I think that's, um, yeah. I think that's all for Lucky season two. And have you got any other thoughts? Um, it is probably like, did it outdo the finale for the first season? Yes. Oh yeah, safely, yes. Sa- yes. safely, yes. absolutely. Yes. Um, yes. I mean, you know. I'm not thinking about any other sort of like Marvel property, you know, because there are other things coming out. Um, yeah. This on its own was a mind boggling, like fantastical, like whimsical, but then obviously I liked it so much because as I mentioned earlier, like the familiar familiarities to like the time hop and stuff of like Do- Doctor Who, the time bandits, yeah. um, stuff like Brazil, you know, the Terry Gilliam Brazil fab and i'm gonna miss the the aesthetic of the tva because however quaint and coffee stained it is it just looks really homely <laughs> it looks really nice and comfortable it does it does yeah it does um i yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna miss her a lot i yeah i i'm gonna miss tom hilson i'm gonna miss um own wilson's mobius um i'm gonna miss loki i'm gonna miss all these characters i'm just gonna miss this show but I don't think they should make a third series. I think this no. is a good ending to have it. Like, yeah, have that, what you have it. and and leave it. Just like exactly. it's a perfect ending. You do not want to uh, ruin it. Um, what would you give, ratings time, what would you give this uh, season two of Loki? Nine out of ten. Yeah, I'm going to give this a... Um, I'm definitely going to give this a nine out of ten as well. I mean, there, you know, I mentioned some issues about... Uh, there are moments where some characters basically like not fully fleshed out as yeah, they were yeah. previously. Sometimes it felt like the first half was a bit slow, and then we picked up at the at the second yeah. half. Um, I, but the rest of it, I you know, it's it, really well directed, really well written, really cleverly written, uh, brilliantly uh, performed. Um, I mean, Tom Hilton is the definitive Loki. I don't want anyone else to play him. No, they should re- um, they should retire the character outright. I love the use of you know Victor Timely in it as well. Um, Kia Kwan or Boas. I want to see him in more, in more stuff. I hope to see him his character again in the future because he's so so good. Yeah. Um, the music, the cinematography, the editing, so so absolutely uh, tremendous. The, the costume design the costume design uh, yes have you seen the, like the the inverse like shirts and like jackets yeah I think it's, it's clever yeah very very clever and the yeah. set design as well i mean like the they the main set designs they had was obviously tvas and also the world's fair and that was the most expensive set they built for the show yeah that point but it, it looks like you're at the world's fair it looks yeah. it makes a history park come alive and i think bravo for the set designers for yeah for that fantastic um, but yeah i think like i think loki is going to be a show where basically stands out from a lot of what's happening what happened in phase four and phase five and going to phase six i really hope that like 
we have another Marvel show that basically or film that basically you know puts us well. I wouldn't say film because I would say Spider-Man No Way Home is the you know the, the best film of the, of the phase four and five so far. Yeah, mm. but in terms of shows, Loki is definitely up there. We just need. I just want to see what is there, is there going to be another show that's going to. I need another Marvel show that's going to make me feel like yes, I love, I love where the MCU is going. I love, yeah. like where the standard of it is because this is a high point of like. Marvel television at the moment. This is the high watermark, and it's going to be extremely difficult yeah, for them to yeah. top this and to, I, to even eclipse it. It would be yeah, extremely hard. And, and I never felt like for this, I felt the last time a show hit that mark was Dead Death or Netflix. Yeah. yeah. So obviously, Echo's coming out. I want to see how Echo is. Dead Devils will be coming out sometime in the future. Um, we've got another other bunch of shows coming out as well. I'm not sure about that. Because Marvel's doing this thing where they're creating a lot of shows based on different characters that you know made like kind of minor roles or supporting roles in films. Yeah, I'm not sure where that's going. I mean, as I, you know, the film a lot of films have been delayed, so we're we going to get in Deadpool three next year, and then the rest of it when we get into 2025. So it's going to be a very quiet year for Marvel next year. Um, hopefully, we do have some shows in as well. I know X Men '97 is going to be coming next year, and maybe Spider Man Freshman Year. So um, I want to see it. Looking forward to those anyway. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's our uh, low key season two for all time, always. Um, <laughs> so we uh, so we're finished off here. Thank you everybody for listening. Uh, next week we are going to be reviewing the Marvels. Um, some more MCU stuff uh, coming your way, but also we're going to be reviewing um, last year's miniseries Miss Marvel, following the origin story of Kamala Khan as Miss Marvel. We weren't able to review that last year, but as we're both are quite completionists, especially me, I wanted to cover it, and I think it's a really good kind of moment time to put those two together because you know Miss. Um, the events of the Marvels kind of kind of flows from the events of Miss Marvel. Yeah. So looking forward to talking about that as well. And then, you know, kind of coming up to December, uh, we're going to have a break in November, uh, kind of a week off, and then we'll come back in December. And obviously Doctor Who, Sixth Anniversary, is going to be uh, launching soon in the, year, in the month. And we've got some Christmas films as well. So, and then obviously finishing off with our 2023 in view. Uh, wrapping up on season four of Dolphin Coffee Cast. Um, yeah. And then obviously on that episode as well, we could talk to you about what we're going to be covering next year. So if it, uh, thank you, uh, Welsh, for joining me. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, you know, obviously you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and you can email us. Uh, you can listen to this podcast on um, Spotify, Apple, Apple, Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Overcasts, iHeartRadio, etc., etc. Uh, I'll take it to you, Welsh, to do your promotion of the book. Oh, thank you. Um, yes, yeah, so The Long Road is uh, available now. Um, link on our website, that's rickardsandjones.com. Uh, you can also find links on our socials on Facebook and Instagram, that's Rickards and Jones Authors. The book is um, The Long Road. It's the first book in a planned series. And if you like anything, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, Witcher, 
anything like that, then you'll like this epic high fantasy sort of adventure book with different emissaries tasked with delivering messages to their rival kingdoms in the midst of a war and scheming lords and horrific monsters. Uh, they have to fight along the way. Yeah, available now in uh, paperback and ebook. Uh, sorry, paperback and ebook. Lovely, lovely, lovely stuff. Yeah. All right, thank you for much of that. Thank you everybody for joining joining in. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, and we'll see you on the next Hobby Coffee Cast. Bye bye. Bye bye. Cool. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Hoffy Coffee Cast. But before we end, me and Reese want to thank everyone for listening. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to like, follow, share, and review. In addition to tell your friends, family, and fellow nerds and coffee lovers about our content. We both enjoy talking about these topics, and with your help, we can strive to be bigger and better and bring out much more to our fans and listeners. I'm your host, Reese Bolton. And I'm your host, Reese Jones. And we'll see you on the next Hoffee Coffee Cast. Take care and goodbye. Bye.